Hello, everyone. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the show where myself, Dan Selke of WinnersComing.net, Mia Johnson of Fansighted.com, and super special guest, Winter is Coming, Wick writer, editor, interviewer extraordinaire, Corey Smith, talk about all things sci-fi, fantasy, uh, books, television, movies, pamphlets, um, inserts, Anything that is worth uh, perusing, we want to tell you about it so you can make informed decisions about how you spend your entertainment time. I thought, uh, Mia, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about you all? I, I get myself a solid eight. It's, but it's a pretty good day. It's very like hot that. outside, but it's cool in here. And uh, we had some interesting stuff to talk about today. And Corey, I wanted to have you on because um, you... I think, Mia, uh, you've watched it, too. You've watched the new Netflix program, Cursed, on Netflix, which is a new kind of young adult take on King Arthur. So, you know, King Arthur and Nimoy and Merlin and all those crazy cats. Um, uh, We all know the story, at least a little bit. We've had so many adaptations over the years. This is kind of Netflix's new attempt to sort of do a Game of Thrones thing, I think, a little bit, and do their own kind of fantasy show. And since you've seen the whole thing, and Mia, you've watched it, I just wanted to ask you guys, Cursed, yay or nay, good or bad, uh, knight in shining armor, or pig with a stupid hat on it trying to pass itself <laughs> off as a human being? Um, I, having, having seen the whole show, I quite like it. Um, I mean, it, it, it's a little slow in the first four or five episodes. Um, I mean, that's kind of to be expected, I think with kind of any show, you know, as they're laying the groundwork. Sure. Um, But yeah, having seen the whole show, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Like what is the deal with it? Either of you like, what's like the basic premise, like in a nutshell. Yeah. I'll let Corey explain this because the first episode I watched, while I was working and it was on the background. Cause like I got the general gist of what was going on, but I think Corey needs to explain it to me either way. Well, I mean, people are calling it a reimagining of the, you know, the typical Arthurian legend, but I mean, in reality, I mean, you're talking about stuff that may or may not have happened in the fifth century in England. So, oh, it didn't re- but I mean, people are kind of, you know, they talk about, Oh, it's a reimagining and this isn't the Arthur I know, but, I mean, really, how much do we know for sure? You know what I mean? It's all based on stuff that happened thousands of years ago. So anyways, but the basic premise remains the same. Um, There's, you know, Excalibur is there. You know, it's called the Sword of Power. It's not called Excalibur. Um, Arthur's not king yet. He's still a young kind of knight trying to find his way. Uh, Nimue is the central character and she's attempting to get the sword to Merlin who is a drunk uh, and basically is living off his past reputation. He's lost uh, all his magical abilities. And so he's kind of just leaning on his, you know, people think he has magic and they think he knows everything. And so he's kind of leaning into that uh, throughout the series. So, um, but really it kind of revolves around, there's a, a group of uh, religious zealots called the, the Red Paladins who are basically running around massacring anybody that doesn't look like them, um, including the fairy folk, the fae, um, who Nimue um, is a part of. So it kind of just all revolves around that. 
I mean, yeah, it, it sounds interesting. I, I like the drunk Merlin angle. Yeah. Um, I will say, like, with King Arthur stuff, like, you, you were talking about, like, not my King Arthur. Like, what I always liked about that, it, I, I don't think when folks say that, it's not so much like they're saying, like, it's not historically accurate, because you're right. I mean, like, we don't know if any of this really happened. It, 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 it's... It's more like people saying, like, not my Lord of the Rings or not my Star Wars. Like, King Arthur is, like, its own story by this point with, like, kind of definitive additions. Like, my King Arthur will always be, um, like, the mid-90s uh, made-for-TV movies with Sam Neill and um, oh, the person who played Nimoy, who I forget. Miranda Richardson. That was it. Um I, I always really liked those, and I've seen a bunch of Arthur stuff over the years. The Winter King, I, oh, I, I, I have to agree that that's a great, great series. I'm looking forward to seeing adapted. But it, it's it, it's kind of like its own thing by this point. Like you, you can do anything with it. Mia, are you familiar much with Arthur stuff? You know, here and there, I had. I think I talked about this earlier. I had some friends who were really into BBC Merlin, um, yeah, which was also kind of like that. You know, like young. Um, Arthur and Merlin. So I was kind of into that. Um, I was like, I don't know a ton about it, but so I'm not really like attached to it per se. I was like, I, a couple of years ago when I watched Merlin, I was like, okay, this is cool, but it was never a story that kind of sank in for me. Uh, but yeah, my overall feeling so far is that it's a pretty solid show. Even like I just watched like the first two episodes and, um, it to me, I wouldn't say it necessarily felt slow, but I can see like if I were to watch like maybe episode three, episode four, and it's like, okay, when are, you know, when are things going to pick up the pace? But I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, I think my biggest selling point is um, it's Catherine Langford uh, in, in the starring role. And I don't know, maybe there's something about like seeing a female protagonist in this type of fantasy setting and she kind of gets to use her magic or get to, you know, do whatever she does. So I'm kind of like rooting for her. <laughs> it was like, I never really kind of felt that way with other sort of series, even like The Witcher, even though they had their female characters, it was kind of like, I kind of detached because it's like, oh, well, there's always a male protagonist. So this one kind of, it switches it up. True, I'll take that. Uh, Corey, I have a question for you. I mean, well, first of all, thanks for watching, everybody. Kathleen says she loved the BBC Merlin. And uh, <laughs> James Forth has an interesting question here from you, Corey. You've seen both. How does Curse compare to Game mm. of Thrones? Because, I mean, like, look, it's in its shadow, right? Like, it, it's. Yeah. I, I, I realize they're different, obviously, but it, it's, it's one of those series where, like, you probably made this because Game of Thrones got really big. Sure. And, I mean, everybody's attempting to kind of do a, a spin on game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd say it's on par with maybe the first season of game of Thrones, not maybe not quite as good. Um, but I definitely think, you know, the first, like I said earlier, the, the first four episodes, maybe five, they get off to a little bit of a slow start, but by the time things build up to the end, it, it gets really, really good. Um, the final two episodes are just excellent. So, I mean, I don't know. It, I hate to compare the first season of a show yeah, yeah. to something that's but the whole completed. thing. Yeah. It's just, it's not a fair comparison, but it's, I mean, it's good. I enjoyed it. I, I, and I think what Mio was saying, it's like, you know, she's reading, she's rooting for Nimue and, you know, Arthur's played by 
young black man and um so is morgana his sister and, and things like that and it's you know it, it's kind of to me i mean y'all talked about the bbc it's like well why can't we do something a little different we've had 10 totally. different you know merlin shows and excalibur shows where it's the same kind of character and let's switch things up a little bit and see if it you know changes how much it changes things so and it, it is doing quite well. I heard that it's like among Netflix top shows, kind of like The Witcher also hit big. It seems like they kind of are finding a niche. Like I, I wasn't sure if their whole like medieval fantasy push would work, but it seems like it is. Are either of you like surprised, not surprised that the show's finding an audience? You know what? I think, and this will this will kind of answer that question. When I was watching this, I was really blown away by the production value because it feels uh-huh. like you are watching a movie. It's very high quality, like the scenes and cool. and every, it looks better than like when I watched Justice League. Like <laughs> it felt like really? they couldn't even you know make something look good. And I know these are kind of like you know apples and oranges and all of that, but I think it shows kind of if they put <laughs> in that if they're putting in the work and if they're making a high quality. I think kind of like The Witcher, then, you know, people are going to be attracted to it. Plus, Catherine Langford, she's got some street cred to her, you know, with um, 13 Reasons Why. So that was Netflix, too. Um, and so, yeah, I think when they really put their time and money into these kind of really big series, even if it's fantasy, I think people are going to come flocking to it. So I'm not necessarily surprised, but it is interesting to see that, you know, it, it's capturing people's attention. Cool. I mean, I'm all for more things like this, so I'm fine with it being ahead. And uh, Robin Mills has a comment. I don't think they're in the same category in comparison with Game of Thrones, but The Witcher is a much better, has the same ambiance as... Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, wait a minute. I'm not sure what you're saying, Robin. Are you saying The Witcher is much better than Cursed or much better than GOT? I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see. Corey, do you have any... Uh, yeah, I mean, you have to remember it is based on a, a, a young adult uh, yeah. graphic novel. So, you know, while there's death and, and things of that nature in the show and there's romance and stuff like that, it's not the same as Game of Thrones or, no. you know, even mm-hmm. The Witcher. So, you know, th- that's an important distinction to make. I mean, those are those are both very adult properties. Mm-hmm. And this one leans more toward, you know, G13 type type uh, action and, and sure. romance and, and things like that. So, you know, I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's a fair comparison to make. So, fair um, enough. Thank you, but like Mia said, the production values, especially later on, you know, when there's some genuine magic going on in Nimue and, and things like that are, are pulling spells out of the air, it does look amazing. I mean, the, the graphics are, are great. They clearly spent... A, a good amount of money. It does not look cheap. Um, you know, some of the things like that. that they did. So got spend money to make money. And um, Robin did enjoy curse, which is great. Look for the next season. So final word, like, would you recommend this to me? Someone who has not seen curse at all yet? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like I said earlier, it's, it's different. You know, you get different takes on stuff. Um, you know, one of the, one of the more interesting arcs that I enjoyed was uh, Morgana. Um, I mean, in the you know typical Arthurian legends, she's basically always evil. Yeah. Uh, and here she starts off very much on the side of of the heroes, and so I enjoyed watching her kind of descend um, into the 
more typical uh, evil character that we oh, cool. that we've known from some of the other adapt you know adaptations. So it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, it, you know, I, there's some parts of it that aren't great. Some of the comedy kind of falls flat. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, right. Yeah, it's you know I, they when they kind of insert some characters here or there for comedic relief, it doesn't really land um i think but overall it's a great series especially like if you can kind of get through those first couple episodes when they're laying the groundwork for stuff um and there's a lot of characters that over time are you don't necessarily know who they are um as far Hmm. as the you know the framework of of their arthurian legend but over the course of the series you learn who they are that's kind of cool you recognize yeah, so I definitely recommend it. it was a, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. So sweet. Um, as as a few folks are saying, Martin and Robin. Um, I think the guy who plays Merlin also plays Floki on Vikings, right? Or Correct. is it yeah. someone else? Gu- no, Gu- Gustav Sars, uh, Skarsgård. So yeah, he plays he plays Merlin and he plays Floki on on Vikings, and they have a little bit of a similar energy. Floki's kind of <laughs> off. Uh, off his rocker a little bit and so is Merlin in this so yeah he's he's on it he's a big part of it and um, when you really kind of start to understand him the show I think he's kind of pivotal and once you really start to see what he's doing the show really kicks into high gear cool is Gustav Sarsgaard part of the Hollywood Sarsgaards he is uh, his his dad is uh, Stellan Oh, wow. Fun. So, I told you they're all related. Every single Skarsgård is related. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Skarsgårds Scar- uh, and the Hemsworth should have like um, a charity volleyball match sometime. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. Definitely related to the Hollywood Skarsgårds. So, do either of you have any like final thoughts before we uh, move on to another topic on Cursed? I think I'm good. I'm, I, I might stick around, see what happens these next couple episodes. Very cool. I might check it out because it does sound pretty interesting. I do like yeah. Arthur's stuff. In the Sam Neill movie, uh, Morgana was played by Helena Bonham Carter. and She was really good. That's my final word on that. All right, Corey, thank you for coming by and uh, letting us your expertise on the topic of Cursed. <laughs> and now... All right, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, see you soon. We shall gently right. play you off. All right. All right, everybody, we're going to go on to another topic. We're going to move on to Game of Thrones spinoff House of the Dragon news. But while we get that up and running, I invite you to consider joining the Wick Club. It's a, all you got to do is buy a Wick Winner is Coming t-shirt, and you get access to extra videos, extra articles, and a prize once a month. Last month was a month, Game of Thrones Monopoly game. Who knows what it'll be this month? I'm not sure yet. I'm going to leave a link right here in case you're interested. And we're also available in podcast form to listen to, you know, Spreaker, iTunes, on your commute, um, during your morning jog, social distancing, of course, anywhere. And now, Mia, I wanted to talk about some big news that came down the pike this week. Well, not really. I mean, I'll tell you what happened. You decide to me if it's news or a rumor. <laughs> okay. Basically, we are finally getting some information about um, House of the Dragon, which is... Uh, uh, HBO's follow-up series to Game of Thrones. Like, we've known they were making it for a long time, like, uh, since a bunch of, like, s- since last year, after the first Game of Thrones, we were kind of, like, bottomed out the same day, actually. They canceled the first Game of Thrones prequel, but they were like, but wait, it's okay! 
we've <laughs> ordered this show to series. It's going to be a show about um, uh, the Dance of the Dragons, which is this kind of epic Targaryen civil war that happens like a hundred some years before the actual show. And like it's Daenerys Targaryen's ancestors back when they were ruling Westeros, back when they were in charge, back when they still had all their dragons. And it's a pretty good story. And basically, um, the news, which it's not certain if it's like really news or a rumor, like it was reported by this uh, pretty reliable kind of leak site called Recapped. And basically it has it that HBO is casting a couple of really key roles. It's casting the role of Rhaenyra Targaryen and Alicent Hightower. And we have their picture here. There they are. The two women at um, probably the King's Landing tournament, where I'm going to guess they both debuted their signature looks, which are important. So, okay, <laughs> do, do you mind if I go into a bit brief thing about who they are and why they're important? I would love to hear this. Okay, so these two women are kind of like the crux of the Dance of the Dragon story. So, on the left, we have Renera Targaryen. She is the presumptive heir to the Iron Throne. Her father is, I want to say Viserys Targaryen. Oh God, I'm going to get it wrong. Whatever. Her father is the king. And pretty much since an early age, he said, okay, Rhaenyra, like you are the best child I have. You're going to be my heir. I'm going to train you to like be queen in a while. And she's like, cool, into it. Love it. It's great. Let's do that. The woman on the right is Alicent Hightower. After Rhaenyra's mother dies um the king's first wife they mourn for a bit I my notebook <laughs> you do i mean again game of thrones is nothing, it's not, not complicated just <laughs> tell me if you can't follow this and i mean because that's part of the test like if you can't follow it the show's have problems <laughs> all right so, let's let's keep it going so that's rhaenyra so she's she's the princess and presumptive heir to the iron throne she has a dragon she's the whole targaryen thing alicent hightower is her stepmother so after her mother dies, the king remarries, right, to Alicent Hightower. And at first they have a good relationship, but then she starts having her half-siblings. She, Alicent Hightower has new children with the king, who are Rhaenyra's half-brothers. And she starts thinking, I want my son to be the king. I don't want Rhaenyra to be the queen. And thus begins a conflict. I think at that picture I just showed, which is from... Mm-hmm. Oh, that is a drawing by Doug Wheatley from some book or something. They're at this famous tournament where they both come out there. They're both at this point are kind of rivals because Rhaenyra wants to be the queen. Elsa wants her son to be the king. And Rhaenyra comes out in Targaryen red and black in a gown. And Alicent Hightower comes out in a green gown. And from there on out, all their supporters are called either the Reds or the Blacks. And the wars between the reds and the blacks all because of their fashion choices at this tournament, which is fun. And just without like going into it too much, basically they're kind of the central conflict. And then the King dies, the old King dies. And suddenly Rhaenyra wants the throne on the one hand, Alicent wants the throne for her son. On the other hand, they both can't have the throne. So what are they going to do? They're going to go to war and there's going to be dragons in the sky. There's going to be betrayals and there's going to be, you know, people uh, fight each other in the streets, fighting in the air, people going to find each other's backs. There's going to be plots. There's going to be schemes. There's going to be murder. There's going to be uh, death most foul. There's going to be Ooh. love. There's going to be romance. There's going to be seduction and lust. 
and there's going to be um, some intense drama. And that is basically the Dance of the Dragons in summary form. What do you think, Mia? Are you in? Oh, that's something. Yeah. Yeah. You really, it, it, it is an interesting kind of tale. And I think what people like most about um, Game of Thrones is that there's a whole lot of family drama. We all have family drama. Yes. <laughs> we do. Uh, Game of Thrones, though, takes it to, you know, new heights. So, yeah, this sounds really interesting. And um, I think even for fans who didn't read the book, because uh, I think kind of the appeal about Game of Thrones, too, was that, you know, I have a lot of friends who never read any of the books or don't even know. Sure. Um, oh, yeah. And so it, you you still kind of need an interesting premise that, you know, is like not too nerdy or not like too far into the lore yeah. um, that, you know, is still kind of accessible to the average person or the average fan. Um and yeah, I, I'm I'm starting to think now that with just the long absence of you know since season eight we've had you know it's been a drought. I think this kind of stuff will bring people back in, especially since it's you know the Targaryens. Everyone loves Daenerys, and you know everyone else. Or did they? <laughs> but <laughs> and, yeah, it, it 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 makes me really excited to kind of hear something like that. And I think oddly enough, I'm kind of like in this Game of Thrones drought too. I'm kind of missing huh. it. <laughs> It's starting to affect me. That's sweet. I mean, it, 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 could be, it, it could be because it could be because you do this show with me every week, and you have to miss it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what you said about like there being like kind of a non-nerdy draw. Not that I don't love nerdy things. Obviously, I do. But I, I, I do like the fact that like what I just told you is a. It's again, it's it's rooted in family drama. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not like a far-flung kind of magic power, even like something with like the curse show where it's like deliver a magic sword to somebody. It's a stepdaughter and a stepmother are in conflict for the father's affections. And that kind of spirals into a much bigger drama. Yeah. But like, I like that the root of it is a very human conflict, you know, mm-hmm. like that. Uh, there's not even anything like as big as the white Walker stuff in this story. There's yeah. not anything like kind of, there are no zombies on the way. It's all people fighting yeah. people. And I mean, there are people fighting people on the backs of dragons sometimes. But at the end of the day, it is still all about the human beings involved, which I think is, which I really like. And yeah, I, I yeah. think that, that'll be a good selling point. Yeah, it's universal. It's Shakespearean. Happens on Keeping Up with Kardashians every week. <laughs> <laughs> relatable, relatable content. As Robin Mills says, Cinderella story with an evil twist. Excited hoping for more dragons and direwolves. Definitely more dragons. And there could be some direwolves in there. There are some Starks who play into the story. Not like a ton. This is this yeah. is this is a very big Targaryen tale. And there are other characters too, of course. But um looking forward to it. Yeah. And as far as like casting goes, they haven't announced anything, but they're looking for it. I just like my mind I, I and there have been folk like suggesting like who should play Renair, who should play Alicent? My two picks are for Renera Florence Pugh, who is killing it on stuff yeah. like um, Little <laughs> Women, who's going to be in Black Widow. She's like the name for herself. And then as Alison Hightower, I'm going to go ahead and choose Charlize Theron, who was also kind of killing it lately. Like, you know, it's like two, two folk with screen presence, two folks who have um, just a lot of can just can command the screen with their face and like yeah. a little facial expression, <laughs> yeah. which I'm really into. But I mean, it, it might be better. 
do, do you think they should go for like star power or, or, or should they go with like cast a Maisie Williams unknown type? I'm inclined to maybe say half and half or have maybe not for the two ladies, maybe for like another character who comes sure. in and out. Um, kind of randomly like um, John Lithgow or something on Perry Mason or just like, just like that one person. He died! Yeah. <laughs> no. The character. Oh, sad. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. I think, but yeah, I'm like, since it's Game of Thrones, people would be attracted to it anyway, but it doesn't hurt to maybe have, you know, a little somebody, you know, like a little Sean Bean here or there. <laughs> I was going to say, Not like, Sean, no. but yeah, the idea I mean- of it. Wouldn't that be fun if they had Sean Bean for another role? Did he get cast in something, though? He's oh. in Snowpiercer. He's doing that. Yeah, we're right. Yeah, that was announced. Snowpiercer. So that should be hmm, something. <laughs> sure, old guy. It'd be funny if they had Sean Bean back on House of the Dragon and they killed him again. Because, like, there are plenty of heroes who die. It gets so naughty, Mia. Like, there are oh. there, there is Targaryen incest. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll keep up that Game of Thrones tradition, oh, which is great. But there are other things. There's like one story I like about like like a common girl who kind of is the first non-Targaryen to train a dragon, and she is able to get on it and just run away with the thing. She and then she steals Rhaenyra's husband, and it's great. Um, and they run away together. There's a lot of good like drama in this story, yeah. w- which is why I'm excited for it if they do it well. And um, yeah, it could be really special. We, we probably won't see anything for a while. I mean. Even if COVID hadn't interfered, we wouldn't see anything for a while. And now we'll won't see anything for an extra long while. Probably like a few years, two years maybe. The same rumor had it that they were going to start shooting next year in like the UK and Spain, but we'll see if that happens. And that the code name for the project is Red Gun. Oh. No guns back then. What could it mean? Exactly. Yeah. They don't know what to get. A, a what? A gun? Okay. And that's, that's that. <laughs> Okay, as Elliot says, Nettles, yes! I am a huge Nettles fan, Elliot. I am looking forward to seeing her story done right. I think she's a really cool character. So yeah, looking forward to that. If any of you all out there have comments, what you want to see, what do you want to see for Dance of the Dragon Show? Who do you think should play Rhaenyra and Alison Hightower? Rhaenyra, Targaryen, Alison Hightower. I'd love to know. Do you agree with my Florence Pugh and Charlize Theron picks? We'll figure it out. Okay. Next up, Mia, before we get to, like, what are we watching, I wanted to go over some news that broke out today. Another rumor, because rumors are basically just news that we haven't caught up with yet. Um, (laughs) What do you think of the idea that Disney may be readying yet another Star Wars Disney Plus show, this time with Donald Glover returning to the role of young Lando Calrissian (laughs) as he played him in Star Wars Solo? Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah, apparently this is a resurfaced rumor, but with added, you know, somebody's like, oh, well, I've got a new update. So um, there's a, yeah, there's a, no, well, well, who knows? There's a podcast um, today. They shared a clip um, where they, they said something along the lines of, you know, I hear that Donald Glover is going to be having his own spinoff series. Um, they were also saying like Star Wars really wants this to happen. It's like he he wants it to happen too, but also Donald Glover is really busy because he's Donald Glover. Um, <laughs> and like so an album, a TV show, a movie. Yeah. That guy does absolutely everything. Yeah, he just he makes his own clothes. <laughs> oh, I would like that. Anyway, uh, yeah. So 
I think out of all of these series, I would say that would probably be like among my top. If that were to happen, I would say that and Obi Wan um, would end up making into my top two. <laughs> uh, so I would, yeah, I, I think because it's Donald Glover, there's a lot of potential for it. Uh, there's a lot of demand for these side characters, as you can see. Disney yeah. cannot stop these. You know, the rumors cannot stop, but it, it seems like. Star Wars is kind of ripe for that anyway. So, you know, it, it's easy to just kind of say, hey, I think so-and-so is going to come back and do a spinoff or show up here and there. And yeah. it could be right. You, I mean, who knows what's going on behind closed doors. At, at this point, I'm thinking of just starting a rumor, you know, just like um, yeah. I hear they're going to make a show about um, R2-D2's early days and like his teenage years, like what he was doing when he was kind of developing as a little trash can robot. And like, you know what? It might be true because, okay, I feel like I do this every couple of weeks, but I just have to do it really quickly. Just run down quickly the list of shows that are now either being made or rumored to be being made. The Mandalorian season two, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show with Ewan McGregor, uh, the Cassie and Ando show with Diego Luna, the Bad Batch. And that's that new animated show they're bringing to us. And now the rumored shows are show about, uh, show about Ahsoka Tano or Sawyer Dawson, and that one kind of feels real because she's definitely going to be in Mandalorian at least. A show about Grand Grand Admiral Thrawn. I spit everywhere when I said that. Who's a character from Star Wars? And now a possible Lando Calrissian Donald Glover show. That seven programs me, and I mean. Again, I, I just, every time I say this, like, good for you, that should be fun, Star Wars everywhere, is it too much? We'll find out soon enough. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. Like, it, it sounds, if you can get Donald Glover in front of a camera, it's always a good time. And um, it does sound like one of the more interesting ones. I am, as always, concerned about bloat and too much. But I mean, obviously, it's not going to stop them from giving us 25 concurrent Star Wars shows, so they might as well make good ones. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking. I would be interested to see, especially like like when would they announce this, because they had to cancel Star Wars convention. That was supposed to be this year. And what's funny is last year when it was here in Chicago, they were like, hey, good news, everybody. You usually have to wait two years for every Star Wars convention. They were like, you know what? say no more, you know, we're going to have it next year. You don't have to wait two years. And I like, guys are going to have to wait till 2022. So it's like Star Wars isn't Comic-Con is started today. They don't really have any movie or TV panels going on. So it's no. like, who knows when they like, if or when they are going to officially announce all of this. I mean, they could do it at any time, really. I mean, yeah, they could drop a trailer whenever they want. Like they could do it next week. They could do it. They could do it while Comic-Con is going on, for all we know. Um, I mean, if you believe the rumors, they have so much Star Wars things going on, so much to announce, and they got to come out at some point. So we'll yeah. just keep our ear to the ground, I guess, and see what happens. Yeah. Any other thoughts on a Lando show to Star Wars in general, yeah. the state of oh, Star Wars? <laughs> I'll just be, I'll be keeping an eye out, keeping my eyes and ears open. Yeah. Um, as Elliot says, by the way, about the House of the Dragon stuff, I hope we get more unknown actors um, as opposed to like star power with Florence Peter Shuller's throne. I actually do think that probably is the better way to go in the long run. I mean, I, I want someone who will embody the character well and that someone is probably not like just hanging out in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, 
It's just fun to think about, though. Like, what if there was a famous person in this? Yeah. And I'm sure there's room for a couple. Um, ultimately, I just want to be the best person for the role. Although, I don't know, man. Florence Pugh is really, really talented. <laughs> she And she even kind of looks like Rhaenyra a little bit. I'm just saying. We'll, we'll see what happens. Certainly will. <laughs> and finally, Mia, um, what are we watching? Yeah. What are we reading? What are we... Do we entertain ourselves while um, we sit in quarantine? And you out there, what are you guys watching? I want to talk about uh, what we're watching and how we're enjoying it. I uh, want to start out first with, have you seen The Old Guard on Netflix? I did. I just caught it last night since last it was night? like, yeah, that was one of those top 10 ones too. And I kept putting it off literally up until now. <laughs> yeah, that movie came out on Netflix like a couple of weeks ago with Charlize Theron. Just mm-hmm. with why she was on the brain as like the leader of an immortal band of do-gooding mercenaries based on the comic book. It exploded. It got so huge, like in a couple of weeks with no word of mouth, which always happens on Netflix. Like Stranger Things 2 was like no one had ever heard of it. They just put it out there, no promotion. And then it just got big because people started watching and talking about it. Same exact thing here. Um, what did you think of it? Yeah, it was pretty entertaining. I won't say it's like the greatest thing that I've ever seen. Um, but it is an interesting concept because you've got Charlize um, and her team and they're kind of, yeah, like these immortal, you know, they can't die. Mm-hmm. They're trying to figure out like who they are, how long they've been around. Um, and then the whole thing is, what is it? There's like, they've got a new sort of recruit, somebody who they right. find who is also just like them. Immortal. And then, yeah. And then there's this, you know, the guy from the cousin Dudley from Harry Potter is... <laughs> Is trying to like steal their super. Did you know that was him, the the guy with the curly hair? I knew I recognized him. <laughs> I knew I recognized. Him. I could not place it. I was like, is he like Benedict Cumberbatch? If you put him in the dryer for a while or something like that. But like, no. I thank you because I knew I recognized that guy, but I could yeah. not figure it out. Thank you, Mia. That was bothering that me. That was him. Yeah, I, I looked it up too. I was like, there's. I know, but um, yeah. So he, you know, is trying to find a way to take their powers and like sell it to the masses, you know, you know, a lot, a lot of these movies are usually trying to like solve the mortality whole thing. Uh, But yeah, I would say it was a pretty enjoyable movie for what it's worth. Again, another high quality thing from Netflix. The cast, Chiwetel Ejiofor, he was pretty good. Yeah. They got Chiwetel. And it looks like, you know, it's kind of set up for a sequel. (laughs) Absolutely set up for a sequel. I liked it a lot, too. I I thought it was just, it was straightforward. It was fun, Mm action-heavy. Charlize Theron, like, I never really realized it. But, like, she is a big action star. Like, Mad Max Fury Road, Aeon Flux back in the day, Atomic Blonde. Like, she does action movies a lot. And she does it really convincingly. The fights were really great. The concept was fun. It, It kind of reminded me of, like, I mean, there was some cheese going on. But it was good cheese. It was like yeah. fun action movie, like one-liner cheese. Like when the bad guy is finally dispatched and Charlie sort of like looks out the window and just says like, play dead, mother bleed. <laughs> just like that could have been written for Stallone, like back in the day. It was yeah. so like on the nose. What was and there? There was another one where they were in a plane and then the pilot somehow dies and she was like, we need a pilot. Or, and then Charlie's was like, Oh, you don't need a pilot when you can jump out of a plane. <laughs> I was like, Whoa. <laughs> there's some yeah, good ones. Been, yeah. There's some singers. It, it wasn't all just grim and dark. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I see why it hit. Uh, it, it was a fun time. 
And I'm sure there'll be a sequel sooner or later, just they have to work through. I kind of doubt they were expecting to do this well, you know? Yeah, maybe. I, 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 I don't know. I, it, it is, well, it is interesting though, because you've got her in a lead role. So I'm sure they were hoping for something, but yeah, I think the turnout was probably bigger than they could have imagined. Oh yeah. And now if we get more, I'd watch more. Absolutely. As Elliot says, he just finished Dark on Netflix, amazing series with a complex story. I've heard nothing but great things about Dark. I still haven't watched it. Um, again, it's, it's just one for the queue, because I have heard that's really, really good, Elliot. Mm. That's that German-language sci-fi show they have on Netflix. Like, Netflix has some good stuff, but it's always yeah. so quiet about it. Do you understand yeah. why that is? They never promote their stuff. Yeah. Yeah, even yeah, like you said, like the foreign language stuff too. It's kind of like it's all good, but depending on what it is, you know, you can barely hear a whisper about it. Like it finds an audience, but it has to like get popular by word of mouth. It's mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it's weird to me that they don't like put more effort because like I couldn't go more than eight minutes for a while without seeing an advertisement for that like Central Park show on a yeah. TV Plus a while back. <laughs> But now yeah. the thing. Yeah. Oh, Apple TV Plus, I think, is struggling. It's kind of, yeah. That's just that's just my opinion. <laughs> I think you're probably right. As Debbie says, Snow appears to wrap it really well, which is great. I haven't watched that one either. Uh, so much to watch. What am I watching? I'm probably going to watch The Umbrella Academy now because I have the screeners. <laughs> See what oh, happens. you know, I didn't ask for them myself because I was like, I just need to catch up. We've got somebody else doing the review. I was like, I'll watch them when, you know, when it's out um, later this at the end of the month. Right. And you said that you are reading something new. Now, reading yeah. is when there are words on a page and you flip yeah. it and, like, yeah, and yeah. use your brain to interpret them, right? That is correct. This has not happened in a very long time. Wow. <laughs> um, well, though, I don't have a physical copy of the book. I downloaded it to all my iDevices because it's just easier um but i did download uh lovecraft country which is going to be the hbo series coming out next month um yep. and the main reason that i did it is because we're planning a lot of really good big things about it as far as content on fansite.com i know you all yeah. are too um, but i was like i would i should probably know you know what's going on in the book before i jump ahead to the series so I only I, I started reading it a couple of days ago and it's really really good. It's really immersive. Um, so far, it's about this um, guy. Um, you know, it takes place kind of like in the Jim Crow era of the United States, and it kind of has to do with travel and and finding these spots that are part of the um, Green Book, which is you know like safe places for African Americans go to travel, right. and then at some point it's going to go into monsters. I don't know how it's going to transition into <laughs> monsters and sci-fi, but I am so interested in it. Um, but it's kind of funny because the main character is really like into books. He's really into reading um, all nerd. sorts of sci-fi and all that. So it's really relatable because it's like, Oh, I also like that. So um, <laughs> I'm interested to find out more. And I think it's going to translate really well um, on screen. So it's a, it's a good, and it's an easy read too. It's not too complicated. It's not too big or anything like that. Yeah, the show looks exciting. Like yeah. the show looks like it's going to have some things to say and like uh, just kind of be up in your face about it, which I'm looking forward to. I mean, yeah. I have like my main question about the show. Whenever I hear about it, it's like, 
do you even need like Lovecraftian horror monsters if you're traveling, if you're a black person traveling through the Jim Crow South right. in America? Right. Yeah. Like, is that not scary enough? Right. Yeah. It's just another like. So that's why I'm I'm really interested to see how those two things weave together. Yeah. Me too. Um, yeah. And so I don't know if I can officially announce this, but it's it's somewhere it's we're in the works of making a Lovecraft country podcast for fan sided. Um, so, I mean, unless for some odd reason, it just completely falls flat. <laughs> I don't think I did not have clearance to say that. So I'm really excited to kind of share that. And we're going to hopefully get our first episode out by um, August the 3rd, just before the series airs. So it should be pretty fun. Can I be a guest? And you definitely can. <laughs> I was like, if you're going to watch it, I think we need, we need Dan back. We can make it a little, uh, reunion for our podcast <laughs> okay you all it's so far too i hope you enjoyed people watching this this exclusive um debut by the way elliot asks is cursed worth watching i think the consensus of mia and Corey, who were on here before was that by and large yes right yeah mia? yeah i would say so it's definitely worth checking out i mean if you don't like it then it sounds like you need to stick through you know the first three or four episodes but it's really really high production value it's worth a watch so there you go. We think it's worth watching. I haven't seen it yet, Elliot, but after these guys talk about it, I'm thinking of picking it up. All right. Also, I'm still liking Perry Mason. I think it's only getting better. I think this one might be one that actually might go the distance. We'll see how it does in the last the home stretch. John Lithgow died. That was so sad. Um, but the other characters soldier on. Any other thoughts, Mia, about both movies, TV, Cursed, House of the Dragon, Lovecraft Country, anything? Lando? Oh. No, I think we'll. I'll keep an eye out on Comic Cons happening today oh, through yeah. Sunday, and whatever happens this weekend, we can talk about it next week. I'm sure we'll have plenty to discuss, and we yeah. will see you back here next Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, here on the Winter's Queen Facebook page. Uh, link to the Wick Club is up top for extra videos, articles, prizes, all that good stuff. We are available anywhere podcasts are downloadable, iTunes mostly. That's where we get their podcasts. So, um, yeah, give us a like. Give us an excellent review as many stars as possible. Thanks for watching. We will see you later. Bye, everybody. Thanks for watching. Bye.